Hi, I'm Brian Levy. I'm a partner at Manchester Living and the host of the Manchester Living podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to help people navigate the complex maze of elder care. There is a lexicon of elder care terms on our website at manchesterlivingpodcast.com. Today, we're talking about elder scams. I'm really excited to share this information with you. But first, let's roll this video for the new and noteworthy. This is the first time I've ever won anything this big. Can you believe $75,000? And from a Canadian lottery, no less. I can sure use the money. Mr. Ken, are you sure that you want to do this? I mean, I've never heard of a lottery where you have to pay them money to get what you win. <laughs> I was a little suspicious at first myself, but the nice young lady on the phone explained that the fee is for the taxes and the exchange. You know, they wanted $5,000, but I told them I only had three. Okay. Thank you. It's awful. It happens all the time. Be vigilant. All right, let's jump in today. I'm excited to welcome my guest, Adam Schneider, special agent in charge of the Office of the Inspector General. Welcome today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Certainly. And Lieutenant Jessa Russell, Highland Park Police Department, Community Relations. Glad to be here. Thank you. Let's jump in. Uh, who are you and what do you do? So my name is Adam Schneider. I am, as you said, I am uh, the special agent in charge for the Social Security Administration's Office of the Inspector General. So the Inspector General for Social Security is tasked with investigating fraud, waste, and abuse within the Social Security Administration. We are also tasked with investigating um, cases where people impersonate Social Security employees or special agents with the Social Security um, Administration's Office of the Inspector General. We are a federal law enforcement agency with full federal law enforcement authority to investigate crimes um, that involve Social Security or the people who receive the benefits. Incredible, okay. Lieutenant. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Russell and I'm with Highland Park DPS. So um, right now my assignment is dealing with the community relations and public information that goes out. So as a, as a lieutenant in Highland Park, um, it means that you're going to be dealing with all aspects of how, how we can make the community safer, right? So just FYI, at Highland Park, everyone there is a firefighter, a police officer, and a paramedic. Triple so certified. Triple certified. I still keep up with all my certifications, even though I don't go answer the 911 calls um, right now. I am capable of that. Every police officer that you meet is also capable of saving your life. And, as a paramedic or as a firefighter. Thank you both for your service. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. What are the most common elder scams you see that's happening right now in our community? Um, we mostly see people that get calls saying they need to be getting a loved one out of jail and they need to send money via Venmo or via credit card or uh, gift cards mm -hmm. and such. And then we also see people getting scammed by coming up to their door saying, I'm supposed to be doing work at your house. And then they get in their house and they can get their personal information or they can steal items. Great. We're going to get into a lot of that in a little bit in the show. I appreciate you sharing that. What are the most common scams you see? So what we see is generally cases where people impersonate government employees for the purpose of either extorting money out of people, um, exfiltrating their personally identifiable information, their name, their social security number. And they generally do that by creating a story where um, 
it's either a caller or someone sends a text message, or sometimes it's even a letter via US mail to a person, generally a vulnerable person in society, um, claiming to be an employee of the United States government or a law enforcement officer um, employed by the United States government, generally creating some type of situation where the person thinks that they're in some type of trouble and needs to pay their way out of it. What are the risks in giving personal information either over the phone or uh, online to people that ask for like that gentleman he's gonna he's gonna send money to get a lottery ticket or they ask for your social security number what what risks what what ensues after that so when the request is for personally identifiable information um your name your date of birth your social security number your mother's maiden name um, user ids or log on credentials to websites or financial institutions, the risk um, is uh, really multifaceted. Um, first, someone could take over your true identity. Someone could claim to be you, um, claim to be you to access your financial accounts, access your insurance information, um, obtain goods or services um, using your credit. Um, so those scams, unfortunately, um, are multifaceted and the victims are generally, uh, at least for a period of time, unaware that their identities are being used. So they could have given the identity at one point in time. Um, it's not used uh, for, you know, sometimes several weeks, several months, and then all of a sudden um, their identities are being used to establish credit, you know, buy things, um, obtain goods or services. And um, the person who is the true owner of that identity generally uh, finds out when um, they either receive bills in the mail, their credit score goes down, or they're denied some type of benefit, whether it be credit, whether it be um, housing, um, a loan, things of that nature. And then they get their credit report and they realize that they've been victimized um, in terms of identity theft. And I heard so one of the most common things, of course, they always ask your mother's maiden name and they ask a social security number. Uh, social security number at a doctor's office or even online. Is that a proper form of ID? Can people decline giving their social security number? So um, the social security number was never actually meant to be the de facto national identifier. Mm -hmm. However, it generally for the most part is. It, it, it's a unique number that's assigned to each person. Um, you certainly could decline it. Um, there is legitimate uses for your social security number. Um, and you know, sometimes when that information is asked for, it's for a necessary purpose. Generally, it's to verify that you are, for example, the holder of an insurance policy or to run your credit before giving you credit, right? So there are some, there are generally acceptable uses for people's personal identifiable information. Right. Um, and, you know, we just ask people to please be vigilant about who they give it to, um, ensuring that the person um, that they are providing it to is certainly entitled to that information, needs that information, and has a legitimate business case for that information. Great. Would, can I yeah, absolutely. Would you, would you recommend that if somebody cold calls you and says, hey, I'm with this bank, and we are seeing that there's something going on, I need your information to verify you, would you recommend that they do that or they hang up and call back on their own accord? Excellent question. Absolutely, 100% no. Anyone, <laughs> that, that is a very easy one. Anyone who proactively calls you, reaches out to you, and when I say call, I don't necessarily mean only via telephone. 
It could be via text message. It could mm -hmm. be via email. Um, it could be via a third party who shows up at your front door. As Jessa said, they they respond to calls um, where people actually do show up at the front door. No legitimate bank or financial institution is going to call you and ask you for that information. Right. What we always suggest is hang up contact your bank or your financial institution or whoever it is that claims to be calling you mm -hmm. using a number that's publicly uh, available, right? You either Google it, you find it yourself, um, or it's on the back of your credit card or it's on the back of you know your insurance card, something like that. You call that 800 number, you then engage with their employees and try and figure out what the actual situation is. So try to authenticate the end user before you give them your It is so important to sure. authenticate, and it's so important that you authenticate that person with a telephone number or a website that you find on your own. So often what we see is these scammers or what we call fraudsters, when they call people or they engage with people, they say, oh, well, you can verify me by Googling me, or you can verify me by looking at your caller ID and seeing that I really am calling from the number for XYZ Financial Institution. Right. Um, it is so important that to hang up and do your due diligence call back that entity, whatever that entity is, using a number that you can find yourself either publicly on the internet by searching yourself or on the back of um, your credit card or your insurance card. You initiate that call, you speak with their customer service, and more often than not, uh, you will find out that the person who called you is not actually from the entity they claim to Sure, be. and you alluded to in person. I mean, when they when they knock on the front door and now you're face to face with this person, well, first of all, you shouldn't be face to face because you're supposed to say, who is it? <laughs> what do you do? I mean, uh, the, who is it is kind of gone by the wayside. People yeah. forgot about that. I don't know what happened, but even my kids, I'm like, no, no, no. We, we still ask. I still ask. Yeah. Well, and even if they were to ask and that person comes back and says, you know, I work with such and such company. I work with this utilities company. I work with this tree trimming company. Mm -hmm. That's what we get a lot. Oh, yeah. Then you know, they're, they're gonna open the door typically because they're like, oh, if it's power related, I need to know what's going on. And so, but the biggest thing is, especially a legitimate company, if they're doing something that's on your property or near your property, they give, usually it's a two week notice or so, at least a week, and they pass out flyers. They have some form of communication, whether it's email, that they're gonna say, hey, we've got this going on in your vicinity and be on the lookout. Or very, very rarely does any company need to actually enter your home to fix a problem if it's a public company. Obviously, if you have your own plumbing issue, that's different. Right. But if it's a public problem, very rarely do they need to enter your home. The other thing you want to look for is every company hands out legitimate badges to their employees. So you need to see, ask to see their badge. And then personally, what I would do is I'd say, okay, thank you. Write their name down, close the door, go find that public number that's available, yeah. call them and say, is this something that is actually happening? Do you have this person as one of your employees? And if they're not legitimately supposed to be there, more than likely by the time you finish your phone call or by the time you pick up the phone actually, they've left your house and they're on to try to find another victim. Sure. Um, there are city ordinances, I'm sure, mm -hmm. time-wise. I mean, I've had people knock on my door as late as 8.30 at night. Mm -hmm. What is that cutoff? And then when that happens, say they knock on the door, what do you do? Well, it, you have to look into your own city. Everyone will have mm -hmm. different, different um, timeframes. For ours, it has to do with 30 minutes after dusk. 
so it's not That's exact time. Common. But um, definitely don't answer the door. And then just you can for Highland Park, you can call us at the police department and we'll come out and try to find that person. Yeah. If you can see them through your door or a ring video, you, you know, give a description like. that helps us because a lot of times, again, they're going to you don't answer the door. They're going to walk off and sure. we, to help prevent this from happening to anybody else. We'll find that person. We'll just chat with them, see what's going on and go from there. And one of the most common scams we talked about um, people asking like for if there's a police warrant or you're going to compensate somebody for something. Mm -hmm. Nobody's asking for gift cards. Correct. No one's asking for gift cards. A police department will not say I need the money today. Like mm -hmm. they, they are people that call and say, hey, you have a warrant, but they're not going to say you must pay today or we're going to come arrest you right now. Again, it's that urgency. Yeah. Sense of urgency. Yeah, it's that sense of urgency. Elaborate and, and on I'll, that. Yeah, go elaborate ahead. on the urgency. What what does that do psychologically to someone on the other line that's so, getting scammed? Yeah, a great point. And, and just to follow on what Jessica said, um, the same goes for people who show up at your door, especially people who are not in uniform, claiming to be law enforcement officers. Mm -hmm. Any legitimate law enforcement officer is going to have no problem um, having their identity verified, having their credentials verified. Um, it is possible to counterfeit. Um, credentials or badges, um, and anyone in law enforcement would have absolutely no problem with someone contacting their local law enforcement agency, having um, a marked unit respond, having that uniformed police officer from your community verify the identity of someone um, in law who's claiming to be from law enforcement. And as Jessa said, uh, if they're not, chances are they're not going to be there when that marked car gets there. For These sure. are generally crimes of opportunity. And when you offer some resistance, they'll just move on to the next victim more often than right, not. Right. Um, but uh, you asked a great question about um, what the urgency does psychologically. So it's designed to break down defenses. So when there is an urgent situation that's being presented to you, you have a warrant for your arrest. Your loved one or family member has a warrant for their arrest. We're going to come arrest you today. We're, you know, you're going to spend the night in jail. Any of these horrible situations that get posed to people um, are generally done to break down their defenses and to get them to act quickly to mitigate whatever horrible situations being posed to them. It also is um, done what we call the suspension of disbelief. So the more urgent the situation is, the more likely someone is is to suspend their normal um, disbelief that they would have over a story that seems pretty generally far-fetched. Um, we've seen situations where, for example, someone's told, you know, your car or a car that was registered to you was recovered at the southwest border of the United States with a ton of cocaine in the back and your social security number in the console. Okay, that's a pretty far-fetched story, right? That's generally not something that most people would believe. But the rhetoric that's used or the story that's given is designed to create such a sense of urgency that something bad is gonna happen and there is a way to fix it so quickly to make this whole horrible situation go away before they're embarrassed or their family finds out about it or something like that. And generally what that means is, is a transfer of money in a very quick and untraceable way. So we see, you know, Jessa mentioned gift cards. Unfortunately, gift cards are used all the time. Um, bank transfers, Venmo, um, we're seeing now cryptocurrency. 
no law enforcement agency ever will ask you for crypto right. for any purpose <laughs> ever ever <laughs> right so if someone's on the other line claiming to be a law enforcement officer that has you know some matter that pertains to you or a family member who needs bail no one's asking for it in the form of cryptocurrency no one's asking for it in the form of gift cards no one's asking for it in the form of you know a wire transfer to a bank account i don't even know any agencies that will let you pay over the phone like for us we have a if you have one of our town's warrants you uh, you can go online to pay your fine and take it that way mm -hmm. they won't take it over the phone um if you have a warrant from county the that money has to go directly to county like so i, I don't know for every agency but i highly would i would be highly cautious if someone says I will take your money. However, even if they say, give me your credit card, I'll take it over the phone and take the care right. of this. I just, I would have a hard time believing that that's legitimate. Again, it's hang up the phone, call that law enforcement agency, contact them at their publicly available number that you found yourself, not the number they gave you, um, and say, I just got a phone call from detective whatever. He told me, you know, that my grandson is in jail and he needs bail. 99.999% uh, of the time, uh, whoever's on the phone is going to tell you that A, there's no such detective by that name here, and B, uh, we do not have your grandson in custody. And to touch on that, we've actually had people that, I guess they just go on our website and they've used real names, like real officers of us and say, hey, I'm officer so-and-so, and, -so, and that's, that's really an officer for us, but our officers don't call for warrants and such. So. Um, but the level that they go. So let's yeah. talk about AI for a second. Mm -hmm. This really freaks me out. So that will take my voice, manipulate it and call my grandparent and say, look, I need bail money. I'll pay it back as soon as I get out. Don't tell mom and dad. Yeah. What, what do you do with that phone call? going to be a situation. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> Same situation, right? So what you want to do is you want to encourage your loved ones to hang up and call your grandson or granddaughter at the number that you have for them right. and say, you know, I just got a call. Was this you? And you're going to hear on the other end of the phone, your grandson or granddaughter say, I don't know what you're talking about. That was not me. And unfortunately, you're right. AI has gotten to the point where you can take voice prints and you can manipulate those voice prints into making an outgoing phone call to someone. So they will hear a voice that they recognize, but that's not it's that's not the person who's calling. It's convincing. Take, take, it's convincing. It's very convincing. Um, but tell that person that's calling said okay i need a time to get these things together what is your name what agency where is he at don't ask for the number because you're not going to use it anyways they may give you it say okay thanks don't mm -hmm. use that number and then you can actually call the supposed agency that has arrested this person we've even had people that got scammed because they were arrested in mexico now that's going to be harder for people to figure out but again they couldn't get a hold of their grandchild so they assumed that it was real Let's go broaden that spectrum. Call their family, any sisters, brothers, parents, mm -hmm. was so-and-so actually in Mexico, right? Because um, if they would have taken the time to call that parent, the parent like, no, they're right here and they're you know, in the house or fine. whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're fine. So you, sometimes, it is okay, again, that sense of urgency, take a deep breath, whether or not you bail them out in 24 hours or in, 24 seconds, it's not going to change what happened to them. So take a breath. Let's look at the broad picture. 
and start doing some investigative type of, of calls. Right. So that's AI. Let's talk a little bit about uh, passwords, <laughs> selecting passwords for banks, emails, et cetera. Do you have any advice, any guidance? What is the industry standard? So um, every um, every entity will have their own criteria, right? So some are eight digits with alphanumeric with a special character, some are 10. Um, you know, there's some just general good cyber hygiene um, that is really important to use, right? So like I personally- Cyber hygiene. Cyber hygiene. <laughs> Great term. Yeah, and it's really important. Um, and there's so much you can do to protect yourself by practicing good cyber hygiene. And one of the th ways that that starts is with good passwords and not using the same password multiple times. Right. So if you use the same password for, let's just say, everything you have um, and there is a breach in any one of those places, you're, you're toast. You're toast. <laughs> yeah. right? I'd love to have a better way to put it, but you're toast. You're toast. Um, so first thing is, is different passwords for different entities. Right. So if you bank with bank A and then you have your car insurance with car insurance B and you have a um, water account with water company yeah. C, those should all be different passwords. All the way down to email, Amazon, App. what? Venmo, all of the all above, of all of the above, every right. single one and, and more. And what I use, um, I use a password generator. Um, they're free. Um, you can, um, you know, you could go into the app store or, um, or, or Google play and you could download a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, and you know, I put in the parameters I want eight, eight characters, 10 characters, 12 characters. Do I need a special character? Do I need um, a lowercase or an uppercase? Um, and it creates a password for me and it keeps them. So- And um, where, where do you, where's, your, where's your repository where you're gonna save all of those? I keep them in my password uh, keeper on my iPhone. So okay. I have one password that I that I remember. Uh -huh. um, and then all the passwords and in there- all the passwords different. in there are different. Correct. I, I do not use reuse passwords. You practice really good cyber hygiene. I try. Wow. I try. I'm impressed. Um, I, I, I try. But um, I think that's one of the most important things with passwords. However, it doesn't stop there. Mm -hmm. The next thing is, is if you give it out, it's useless. Right. So, um, mom, we, use my Amazon account. Right. Well, you're done. We implore people passwords are like the key to your home. You don't just give the key to your home to strangers or anyone who asks or anyone who gives a good story of why they need a key to your home, right? No one would actually do that um, or we hope no one would do that. You don't give passwords out in the same vein as the key to your home. So if you're not gonna give that person the key to your home, they don't get the password. Mm -hmm. And it's that simple. What is best practices in terms of changing your password? Is it six months? Is it once a year? So um, I can tell you that every entity has different requirements. Um, sometimes it drives me a little nuts because some of them are, 
are all Too the time. Yeah. And that's why I use um, and that's why I use a password generator that I have on my phone. Um, and I uh, it's easy to change and it keeps a record. So it makes sure that I, I keep the uh, you know, I keep it going. Yeah, um, and I hit a button and it changes it. And um, so I, I think password um, keepers are good ones, right? You, you want to again, you want to use your due diligence and make sure you're using a good password keeper that, um, you know, that that's not um, you know that hasn't been corrupted um so there's there's several that are out there that that are really good um and that's what i do so every time i need to change a password i hit the button it comes up with a new one for me it's you know simple. it's completely random yeah, yeah. um but it's simple and um and now i only have to remember one password wow all right i really like his idea and another idea i've been told about is to make it where it's a sentence and so you're like my favorite food is or something not it's not something so common a but short sentence a short sentence i like hamburgers and, yeah decide and how you s is a dollar sign yes. yes yes so the other thing with passwords is this um when you have a password you also generally have challenge questions in case you forgot your password mm -hmm. one of the things that we see um is people use those challenge questions to be able to um illegally access protected systems and where they can't get the password, they then try and reset the password mm -hmm. using questions that sometimes are available in public records. So for example, it'll say, um, you know, what's the name of your dog? Well, if you, your dog's name is all over your Facebook page, right. um, or what color car do you drive and your car is parked in your driveway, um, it becomes sometimes pretty easy um, to, um, you know, guess those challenge questions. Yeah. So one of the things that we always um, suggest is that the answer to those challenge questions may not actually be the true answer. Um, but um, on the password keeper I have on my phone, it has a note section. So for example, if it says, you know, what color car do you drive? And I drive a black car, I'll put down pink car. So I know if I've got to go back on, I put in pink, yeah. right? No one's going to be able to guess that, right? Because I have that in a separate place. And if someone sees my car, you know, somewhere, they're not going to be able to say, oh, well, I know he drives a black car. And when most people select a password, it's, okay, what am I going to remember? Not, right. what's the most difficult for someone to figure out? Right. And that's why we say, use a password keeper so you have one password yeah. and then all of the rest are in there. Incredible. All right, Lieutenant, what haven't I asked you that I should? So it's kind of been touched on, but uh, when we have people that, will say, I need you to meet me somewhere to give me this money because of whatever. That is way more dangerous even than when you try to pay online that you or pay via Venmo. Yeah. Do not go and meet somebody there. Again, no legitimate company is going to say, meet me at the corner of such and such and pay me this cash. That not only is um, very uh, hard to believe, but it's very dangerous because that could turn into another crime of kidnapping or something along those lines. Great point. When I was doing research for this episode and I found that video that we played earlier, the other video was of someone at the bank doing the same thing, flanked by two thugs that were like, no, 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 she's fine. She's my grandmother. And you knew it wasn't. So never let them take you somewhere. Yeah. Great. What haven't I asked you that I should? So I think 
you know, in, in talking with you guys today, the thing that really kind of resonates with me is, is anyone who's watching this podcast is probably um, pretty knowledgeable about um, avoiding these things. But it's the people that are not watching this podcast that are really the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things that's really important is for your listeners and your viewers is to share this information with your loved ones, um, particularly those who are vulnerable, and make sure that you provide some type of outlet for them to go to that they know that you're a safe place place that you can go to, to slow it down, ask the right questions, do the right research, do your due diligence, and protect um, your loved ones that are vulnerable. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Lots of information. This is great. Thank you guys for being here. All right. We're going to move on to the nugget portion of the program. This is one of my favorite cartoonists and a very um, poignant cartoon, if you will. The password has to have at least one capital letter, a number, and special characters just to get in the clubhouse. <laughs> So in relation to our, uh, our password uh, conversation. All right, let's move on to the lightning round. This is an opportunity to people to get to know you guys non-clinically, non-professionally. We'll start with you and then we'll go around. What state were you born in? New York. Welcome. <laughs> Connecticut. College and degree. Uh, I went to uh, Northeastern University um, in Boston. Um, Go Huskies. Um, I have a degree in criminal justice. I have a graduate degree um, from Champlain College in uh, Burlington, Vermont in healthcare management. And um, I was a senior executive fellow um, at the Kennedy School at Harvard. Very well. He has more than me. It's okay. <laughs> North Texas uh, was my undergrad in kinesiology and then I have a master's in um, criminal justice at uh, TCU or Great. from TCU. Road trip or fly? Uh, fly. Road trip. Still in touch with college friends? Absolutely. Yes. All right. Uh, ever been arrested? No. Nope. Call or text? Call. Call. Uh, bilingual? No. No. Favorite ice cream flavor? Moose tracks. Cookies over Texas. Ikea furniture, are you going to put it together yourself or are you going to call someone? Oh, definitely calling someone. Putting it together. Wow. <laughs> iPhone or Android? iPhone iPhone. Uh, adrenaline junkie or two feet on the ground? Adrenaline junkie. Adrenaline junkie. Uh, karaoke, yes or no? No. Yes. Proudest career accomplishment? I think my proudest career accomplishment, and really I have two of them, is getting to work on the investigations um, into uh, the aftermath of both the September 11th attacks and the Boston Marathon bombing. Great. It was starting our peer support team for our department and showing the uh showing the department the culture change that's coming and how to actually be okay with not being okay and making differences that way i love it i love it thank you guys for being here and sharing your knowledge and expertise with viewers i think it's an important subject to cover and i hope we've covered it thoroughly i mean we could be here all day talking about it so thank you very much um i'm gonna put up the urls for both the highland park police department and the office of inspector general so people can reach out and and, and get more information if they if need be thank um thank you for watching today if you want to see this episode or any past episodes you can dial us up on itunes youtube facebook or wherever get your uh, your podcast. And uh, if there's anything ever I can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out directly. Thank you. Mm -hmm.